SAFM Sports Wrap. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap, and thank you to the MoneyWeb team. Back again at 6 tomorrow. Looking at stories making the news headlines, Gabon has been given the right to host the 2017 edition of the African Cup of Nations. The announcement was made in Egypt earlier today. The draw for the qualifiers also took place. Bafana Bafana drawn in Group M, along with Cameroon, Gambia, and Mauritania, the group winners, and the two best teams. Uh, Second-place teams will join Gabon in the finals. We'll chat to Mawali in just a moment to find out exactly what... Uh, that means for Bafana Bafana. NAPSA Premiership news. The PSL has granted a request by Free State Stars to move their Premiership fixture next week. This follows the death of their striker Richard Henyakane in a car accident yesterday morning. Free State Stars' fixture against Ajax Cape Town will now move from Tuesday the 14th of April to Tuesday the 21st of April. Henyakane's memorial service will take place tomorrow at 12.30 in Bethlehem. Two matches look forward to tonight in the NAPSA Premiership. Black Aces host Mamelodi Sundowns and Orlando Pirates welcome Platinum Stars. The Buccaneers looking to resume their league campaign with a bang as they seek to extend their unbeaten streak to 12 matches. Bucks defender Happy Jelle says although they'd like to win all their remaining games, they're not putting undue pressure on themselves. No, we're not focusing on any other team. We're focusing on ourselves. You know, we, we're not putting ourselves under pressure at the moment. We're trying to win games when it comes. But if we don't, we don't. But uh, like I said, we want to try to, to finish on a good position this season. Uh, if it's possible that we win all our games, it's fun for us. Meanwhile, Steve Barker's confident Amazulu can save themselves from being relegated. Usutu beat Free State Stars by one goal to nil on Saturday and closed the gap to just two points from Morocco Swallows and Free State Stars. Barker says with six matches to play, they've got as good a chance as the other two teams of staying up. And now that we are this close, uh, there's a real sense of belief. Um, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those that at times can be pragmatic and, you know... <laughs> A lot of good work has been done, but it will count for nothing if we don't continue it and, and actually get the job done. So as much as we've done ourselves a favor by getting where we are, it's, it's important that we see it out and see it through. It's still a lot of uh, work ahead and, and there's still a lot of challenges, and I do believe one or two obstacles will still have to be overcome in the next six matches. So we need to be mentally tough and mentally strong. But there is a genuine belief that uh, it can and will be done. There's some football action to look forward to from England tonight. Liverpool up against Blackburn Rovers at Ewood Park kickoff at a quarter to nine. In rugby news, Emirates Lions coach Juan Ackermann's made four changes to his team that beat the Bulls last weekend for their clash against the Sharks in Johannesburg on Saturday. Julian Riedlinge starter tight head prop Ru Andrea moves to the bench. Yaku Krill also returns to the starting 15 that flanked Derek Minnie uh, also being benched. Two changes in the back line. Fafta Clark starts at scrum half in place of Ross Cronin and Mark Richards makes his Super Rugby debut on the left wing in place of Anthony Fulmink. The 2015 IPL is underway. Kolkata Knight Riders up against the Mumbai Indians. Batting first, Mumbai posted 168 for three in their 20 with Rohit Sharma's top scoring, 98 of 65. Mornay Mulko was the pick of the bowlers for KKR. He bagged two for 18 in his four. In reply, KKR four without loss. Sri Lankan great Kumar Sangakkara has been named as the leading cricketer in the world in 2015. That according to the Wisden Cricketers Almanac, Sangakkara joined England's Verenda Sewag as the only two players to be named as Wyndham's leading cricketer in the world for a second time. Australian Mark Leishman has withdrawn from the Masters for personal reasons. The 31-year-old decided to pull out of the season's first major, which starts tomorrow with his wife in an induced coma battling pneumonia. And finally, day one of the 2015 South African National Cycling Track Cycling Championships got underway at the Hector Norris Park Cycling uh, in Johannesburg today. H.B. Kruger won the 4,000-meter elite men's individual pursuit, while Marushka
Anushka Matia won the 3,000-meter women's individual pursuit. Coming up next, we chat to Mo Ali. This show is proudly brought to you by MTN Data Bundles. MTN, there's a data bundle for everyone. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is SAFM Sports Wrap. Big news coming out of African football today. The draw for the 2017 AFCON has been done. Also, the host nation being announced. And joining us now is Mo Ali. Mo, big news. Uh, the announcement has been made. First of all, uh, we mentioned it on PM Live this afternoon. But uh, good news for the hosts in 2017. Uh, and it will be uh, Gabon. Yeah, Gabon, uh, not a big surprise, I must say, Brad, uh, because uh, Algeria and Ghana were the other two uh, competing nations. Uh, Algeria have had their fair share of uh, crowd violence, and uh, we all remember Albert Abbas, who, who died uh, as a result of a, uh, an obstacle being thrown uh, towards him uh, last year in August, and I think that must have counted very seriously against Algeria. Uh, Ghana, I think, weren't too keen to host uh, another Nations Cup. They've hosted four times before the last in. In 2008, and uh, I think Gabon, having co-hosted with uh, Equatorial Guinea uh, in 2012, uh, probably you know have the infrastructure uh, already in place, or most of it anyway. And uh, I think probably not a surprising decision that Gabon have been given uh, the right. And that's interesting, isn't it, that uh, Gabon and Equatorial Guinea co-hosted in 2012, and now they host uh, two tournaments in succession. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then just looking at the pools, uh, obviously big interest in, in who was grouped with who. What are we looking at from a, from a pools perspective? Oh, I tell you, it's very, very interesting indeed. Interesting in the sense that uh, there are 13 groups and uh, only the winners of the groups uh, go, are guaranteed. And then uh, together with the host nations, uh, that makes it 14. And then the best uh, two overall runners-up uh, make up the 16. <laughs> I can tell you, Wafana Wafana have been drawn against Cameroon. And uh, that's going to be very interesting indeed, Cameroon, Gambia, and Mauritius. And the other big uh, draw, I think, is uh, Nigeria and Egypt up against each other, uh, together with Tanzania and Chad. And uh, Zambia, Congo, and Kenya as well is a, is a very interesting one. Tunisia and Togo in Group A. And uh, probably for me, uh, one, of, one of the uh, most difficult groups uh, has got to be the DRC, Angola, and uh, the Central African Republic. And uh, you know, it's, it's very, very uh, Cote d'Ivoire, Morocco, of course, who were allowed back in again after appealing their ban at the... Uh, CAS in, in Switzerland, uh, you know, they are back, and uh, Cote d'Ivoire, Morocco, Libya is also a tough game. So the fact that uh, you've got to win your group uh, to, uh, to, make, uh, to ensure qualification for the 2017 Nations Cup is going to make it very tough indeed, and uh, particularly Bafana Bafana up against Cameroon is going to be a very interesting one indeed. And remember also, um, the host nation, uh, Gabon, uh, they don't uh, qualify, they've already qualified, but they do play in the qualifiers, uh, as, and their qualifiers count as friendlies simply just to give them uh, some to practice matches and friendly matches as well to build up for the tournament. Mo, what was the thinking behind uh, the, the, the pools the way they've got them this time around? It, it obviously, there's a lot more interest in, in my opinion. I think it's going to be great for the qualifiers because there's a lot riding on every game. Often you, you get in a qualifier where there's not too much really riding on it, but uh, I mean, every single game counts and you have to win all of them. Exactly, and uh, I think what, what, what the thinking behind it is, you know, they normally had preliminary rounds and, and you had the, the likes of Mauritania and Gambia, uh, you know, the smaller, so-called smaller nations being eliminated at the pre-qualifying rounds and then they don't have competitive international football for a long time. And I think uh, this is good from their point of view in that, uh, you know, Comores, for example, will be playing uh, against Botswana and Uganda, Burkina Faso, teams that they wouldn't normally have played. Guinea-Bissau, for example, as well, South Tome, uh, you know, and, and for 
for them it's, it's good. It, it certainly will develop the game and it will stimulate interest in, in their national team. Uh, you know, seeing the Ivory Coast, for example, or Morocco coming to visit for Sao Tome. Uh, and the same with uh, Guinea-Bissau playing against Kenya, Congo and Zambia. So I think from that point of view, it, it's certainly good for the development of the game on the African continent because, as, as I mentioned earlier on, many of those countries would have been eliminated in the pre-qualifiers and they have been lim- eliminated in the pre-qualifiers in, in past Nations Cup qualifiers. You mentioned Bafana Bafana drawing Cameroon. I mean, is is that all of these teams are tough to play? Let's be honest. But uh, I mean, if we if we're going to qualify, we're going to need to beat the best. It, it's not really a train smash. It's going to be hard, but it's it's hard for everyone. It's hard for everyone, but you know what? What, what worries me, uh, Brad, is uh, there is possible the, the possibility of qualifying as one of the uh, two best runners-up. But that only happens to teams that are playing in uh, groups of four, and uh, it, where, where the groups come down to three uh, as a result of, of uh, teams withdrawing. Uh, you automatically don't quali you, you out of the running for one of the two best runners up in Mauritania have uh, and Gambia have a, a record of past uh, withdrawing from competitions. So you know it looks like Bafana Bafana will have to go on and win that. But as you say, to to, to uh, play with the best, you've got to beat the best. And uh, you know as far as these nations cup and even uh, you know we, we looked at the recent examples now of uh, kinds of Chiefs and Mamelodi Sundowns going at the Af- out of the African Champions League, and it is just so so very important in. African football to make home advantage count and win your home games, win them well, and then you know just try and get a draw away from home. And I think Bafana Bafana would have learned from that that you know you've got to win your home games. Uh, you know when Cameroon comes here, you've got to go out and beat them and, and maybe try and get a draw away from home. Yeah, and they've been really good on the road as well. Moali, thank you very much for that, and uh, we look forward to those qualifiers. Uh, when do they get underway? They get underway in June, Brad. So uh, yeah, so a very interesting uh, qualification uh, tournament ahead. Uh, that's something to look forward to. Good day, sir. Welcome to Intern. Hi. Can I have a one gig data bundle, please? Sure. One second, sir. Watch now as I turn your one gigabyte into two gigabyte right before your very eyes. Data. Buy a one gigabyte MTN data bundle in store or dial star one four one star two star triple nine hash and get an extra one gigabyte free. MTN data bundles. There's a bundle for everyone. T's and C's apply. MTN. Everywhere you go. SAFM Sports Wrap. You tune into SAFM Sports Wrap and interesting things happening down at the Sharks, particularly from a discipline point of view. And I thought, let's chat about it this evening on the show. Craig Ray joins us now. Uh, Craig, just looking at the Sharks, uh, sort of, uh, they picked up one or two sort of injuries, but they're sitting with three players on the suspension list. 16 weeks combined suspended, those three players. I mean, that's, yeah, unheard of. And they're all key players to their campaign as well. It's, uh, it's actually quite disgraceful, really, that their discipline has been so poor. And you'd have to say, the Frontstein incident aside, they've been deserved as well. And, and Bismarck Duplessis could probably consider himself lucky that he only got four weeks and not eight for uh, kicking a player in the head. So, yeah, tough times down at the Sharks for, for various reasons. Craig, it, it's a difficult one. I mean, obviously, players do things on the field. Uh, they see red, I think, of, of the Bismarck Duplessis incident. I think of the Jean Dassel incident this weekend. Like you say, Franstein probably a bit unlucky to get as long a suspension as he did. But those two, the, the, the former two offences, I mean, those are inexcusable. From a, from a, a management and, and, uh, and coach perspective at the Sharks, how do they deal and, and stop things like that from happening in the future? Well, they've got to have strong leadership and they've got to send out a strong message. I mean, these guys, I don't know what their internal protocols are. They're very private about those, but hopefully it affects them in the pocket as well. You know, there must be fines and um, internal ramifications. You, you know, you lose uh, bonuses if the team 
wins and, and so on because they're costing their teammates. I mean, the Sharks were you know, under the pump on the weekend, but the Crusaders had just received three yellow cards and then Dayfor went and need someone in the head and, uh, you know, even the equilibrium and maybe the Sharks could have fought back. And, and, you know, it's just unacceptable. Senior players should know better. And also, these players are experienced players. We're not talking about junior players. And they... Unfortunately, in the case of Bismarck, he has got a bit of a reputation as a man who's a hothead, and there have been obvious targets. He's an obvious target for opposition just to get under his skin, just to rile him a little bit, pull him back here, nudge him there. Nothing untoward, but just enough, and he explodes. And I'm afraid a player of his seniority and his standards in the game should be above that. And I wonder if uh, maybe the leadership's gone to his head a little bit. Maybe he's uh, a little bit uh, tired of the treadmill of Super Rugby and the same old same old at the Sharks, and maybe he's looking for a way out, but uh, I don't think this is the way to do it if he is. Craig, it's, it's a fine line between being really physical and being, being thuggish on the field, and it, it, it's difficult to say, but I, I do believe those two players in particular, those two instances, they've crossed that line, and, and, and there should be serious ramifications uh, for, for both of them. Yeah, John Dassel received the red card last year as well, so this is his second offence in the space of sort of 12 months. Uh, so it ends the seven-week suspension. And, you know, if, I, if, if the Sharks, you know, were serious about it, they would possibly cancel John Leffel's contract. I mean, two red cards, two severe incidents over the course of a year. Um, you know, it could be, could be grounds for terminating a contract if they were really serious about it. But we know how the sport works. Teams rally around each other. They pull together. And there might have been provocation. I don't know. I mean, there might have been something that happened, but that's just not an excuse. Provocation... Is no longer an excuse. You've got to be above that. I mean, it is a physical game. Every time you get tackled, is a is a provocation. It's a it hurts. You get knocked over. Someone falls on you. And you know, if you if you were provoked by every physical incident in a rugby game, you might as well just give up with the laws and have you know a boxing match. So, uh, you know, the Sharks are going to seriously consider their, their leadership. I mean, John Smith, the CEO, he's got to start making some more noises than than one tweet saying it's. Uh, it's unacceptable, and I apologise. I think there's got to be a little bit more coming from the CEO out of that. Gary Gold trying to make a, a lame defence in a way for Jean Dessel before saying it was inexcusable. I mean, the coach has got to be tougher. I mean, it's costing him and his team, and ultimately it will cost the director of rugby his job if they don't do well. So if, if you were the, the man in charge, would you uh, put up with your employees doing that to your, scuppering your company and sabotaging your company? I think uh, I think you'd uh, consider a serious... Uh, disciplinary action against them, which might even include termination of their contract, if it was, uh, if it was that serious. And, I mean, let's be honest, the Sharks don't make the playoffs across the union, millions of rand uh, in terms of guns on seats. And, uh, you know, that can be the difference between staying solvent or not over the course of the long term. So, you know, these are big incidents. I know it sounds dramatic, only a couple of red cards. You know, on, on such things, the whole season's turn. Craig, it's interesting, and, and it's funny you use the business analogy because uh, I think many people don't think of it that way, and those unions are businesses, and that's the way they should be run. And then just finally, should we be worried about the Sanzar judicial sort of system? And, and I'm speaking specifically about the Franz Stein incident where he was, he was absolved of any wrongdoing, then a week later got smashed with, uh, with a massive, uh, massive sanction. And, and if you look at that tackle, there were three players involved. All three of them were equally guilty. Well, sir, our first reaction to the fact that he was absolved was surprise. I thought, well, that looked like a fairly obvious case of a tip tackle to me. That was my first case. So I, I thought at worst he'd get a one-week suspension, and then he was absolved. And then, yes, the, the process by which Sanzar appealed that decision 
Um, yeah, it's within their rights, but they've got to be consistent now in the application of that because if other players are, are getting away with, with incidents on the field and not, uh, and, and Sansa aren't appealing those decisions if they like sentences or no sentences at all, then the whole thing looks like a witch hunt against South African players. So, um, the precedent has now been set. Now it's up to Sansa to follow through with that. So, you know, they, they legally within their rights to challenge it if they didn't think uh, the sentence was uh, firm enough and, Quite clearly, I think in the France Stone case, getting off with, with no sanction wasn't the correct call. But uh, five weeks is also way too harsh. But that's what's come of the you know the appeal process. So I think um, you know Sansa, if they're going to if they're going to go down this road, they're going to make sure they go down this road consistently the whole way. Yeah, it makes you wonder. Particularly, you look at that five weeks and four weeks for Bismarck, who kicked someone in the head. It just doesn't make sense. But uh, I guess that's one of those things. Uh, Craig, great. Thank you very much for your time this evening. We look forward to chatting again soon. Take care. Thanks, Brad. Bye. SAFM Sports Wrap. You tune into SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, and big weekend for the South African under-23 football side. They take on Sudan in the All-Africa Games, qualify second leg, and we join now by under-23 coach Owen Dagama. Coach, welcome uh, onto the show. Thanks for, for your time this evening. Big weekend this weekend. Yes, thank you, Brad, and thanks to your listeners. Um, for a very big weekend for us. Um, the second leg of the all African Games qualifications. And as you know, um, we lost the first game in Sudan by two goals to zero. So we've got a, um, a big game coming up this weekend. Coach, you announced your, your squad today, your 23-man squad for, for the game that will be taking place at the Dobsonville Stadium. And uh, I see there's three, three youngsters uh, that have got PSL experience uh, within that squad. Uh, that must give you a, a bit of confidence. And, and, and the rest of the team, knowing that these guys have played at, at such a high level going into this match. Yes, uh, you know, we, we always try and get the strongest possible team, Brad, but you know, um, with the PSL teams uh, still playing um, and, and the NFD teams still playing and the cup games uh, that are coming up, it's it's very difficult to, you know, to get everybody that you want to. But we, we're quite uh, happy that uh, at least we've strengthened the team um, and, uh, and, and hopefully we can, uh, you know, do one um, better than the last time. Now, coach, I mean, two 0 in Sudan was a, it was a tough fixture, but playing on home soil, are you confident that we can we can win this one? Obviously, you don't want to leak any goals because uh, you don't want it to come down to away goals. You you got to make sure that defence is tight. But uh, have we got what it takes to to put two or three past these guys? Yes, we've, we we've got to, we've got to take the game to them. There's no doubt about it, you know. Uh, and uh, if we get that first goal, you know, a two a two 0 lead is a very very dangerous lead. Once, you know, if, if we can pull one back, uh, it will really put pressure on them and, and they'll have to attack, uh, uh, and, and, and that could, could, could possibly open up, uh, you know, um, um, a, a lot more attacking options for us. So, um, we're really going to go, uh, at them and, uh, and, and try and get a quick goal. Coach, as far as what you've seen from the, the Sudanese, uh, in, in that first leg, I mean, where, where do you think they're vulnerable? I think first and foremost they, they they're very well organized uh you know and um there's one thing about them they they they're slightly ahead of of us when it comes to preparation as you know they they played uh, uh, Ethiopia in the first round we were exempted from that and they played uh, Ethiopia in the second game and then uh, they closed uh, the when we went to play them they actually closed the entire football league in in Sudan just to allow them to prepare. So when it comes to preparations, they're slightly ahead of us. But uh, at the end of the day, we are going to, uh, uh, you know, show what we uh, are capable of doing, and we and we and we'll give it our best shot. 
I mean, just to wrap things up, on the flip side of that question about those three youngsters that are in the squad that have, have got PSL experience, are you finding that's a problem? Should we be having more under-23 players playing at that level and available for selection for your team? Yes, I think so. I think you should have the best possible um, under-23s available. Uh, you know, um, most countries uh, do that, and, 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 and they make sure that the under-23s have got the best possible um, um, players playing. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, we, we, we do understand the situation with the, with the league that, uh, some teams in the, in the Premier League are fighting for relegation. Some are, are fighting to get into the, um, top eight and some are fighting for the league. But, uh, I, I definitely believe that, uh, in, you know, we have to really do something to make sure that we can put out the best possible team out there. But, uh, you know, that's, that's not in our hands. We've just got to, uh, make do with the best that we can at the moment, but uh, it's definitely um, uh, important that we prepare properly and we get the best possible players, uh, you know, in the under-23 team. Owen Nagam, the coach of the national under-23 side, good luck for, for the last few days of preparation in the build-up to that match this weekend, and we'll uh, keep our listeners updated here on SAFM throughout the weekend, throughout Saturday, uh, when the match is being played. Thanks for your time this evening. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Thank you very much. SAFM Sports Wrap. You tune into SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, and I love stories of professional football teams or sporting teams in general just giving back. And PSL team Bidvest Vitz has paired up with Silver Ray Stationers and Dipslut Youth Program to give back to the youth of Dipslut, north of Johannesburg. The company's managing director, Trevor Gernon, says they're doing this to make a difference in the lives of the kids that need it most. Started uh, last year sometime. Uh... I did an executive development program with Bidvest through Gibbs University and one of the things we did is we came into Dipslip on a, an immersion program for a day to see, uh, to look at the informal sector over here and just to see how people live and the sacrifices that they've got to make in getting to work every day and the conditions that they live in. And I met uh, Papi who was our guide through Deep Slurt. And I got talking to Papi and I asked him how we could get involved and make a difference and, you know, what we could do. And he mentioned to me about the Deep Slurt Youth uh, Program and we got talking over a period of time and it's culminated into this today. So this is the beginning of our relationship today with the Deep Slurt Youth Program and we're hoping that it will extend well beyond today into, into the future. From what I understand, there's four teams, varying age groups, and we're supporting all four. We've given each of them a uniform, pair of boots, we've donated soccer balls, and yeah, it's a start. Well, we, we plan on taking it further and what that means, I'm not quite sure yet. It's beyond soccer, I know they do a lot more. There's acting classes and many other programs that they run in the community. And we being a stationary company can get involved in other aspects in education. And uh, we'll look at it beyond today. I think that we feel uh, gratified in what we've done and what we see. And we feel a sense of responsibility to helping to make a difference too. So we'll look at it going forward. Yeah, I think that we're proud to be involved with the Dipset Youth Program. And as I said, it feels good to be making a difference to the kids that need it the most. Dipset Youth Program facilitator Papi Satege says his part in the youth program is to show the kids that they can make it no matter their circumstances. The youth program also deals with issues of drug abuse and bullying within schools and the community. Uh, basically, because the program is all about uh, exposing talents that we have in Deep Slot into areas, and that's what I do as an, as an artist, I thought uh, it's fine, it's better to me to give back to the community in terms of uh, running some positive stuff. And luckily enough, I was employed in a, in a Deep Slot Youth program to run some of the workshops, which is arts and culture workshops that we are doing at the schools, and moral and choice, including things about drugs, say no, am I taking drugs? 
drugs. That's our slogan for kids. Uh, we basically educate them to say drug is not a solution. However, you see anyone on TV, you said you think he is there because of drugs. That's not the whole truth. You can also be talented without drugs or without other drugs when, when you are sober. Oh, this this could respond. This could respond. We are the team of six members, uh, but we can't cover the whole schools in deep slot. And there is a lot of demand for us to go around the schools in deep slot. And at the moment, it's one man per, per school, and it's not enough for the manpower, since well, every school needs our, our program. And our program is helping a lot in the schools because we avoid a lot of, uh, of bullying due to uh, the workshop that we are delivering for Moral and Choice. It's one of the days that I would say uh, it makes me to be happy to the to the fullest because a day like like this it gives the kids in this community a hope to say even if we are coming from a ditch road that has been labeled as a dangerous area we can make it Vitz assistant coach Paul Johnson says that it's important to support community projects and make a positive impact Johnson told the youngsters that what was important was to master the basics and make the most of every opportunity Look, um, I've been in the game a heck of a long time and um, I've done this from from when I was a youngster at Supersport United through Tembisa Classic, obviously through, through Bidvestvitz as well. And it's just so important to get out there. Sometimes it can be after training, the guys are a little bit jaded, a little bit tired. But when you come along to these community projects and you see the, the boys' faces or you see the people's uh, faces that you're interacting with and there's just a bright smile, it really kind of gives you that energy to carry on. And it's really fulfilling. And as I said before, when I addressed the crowd earlier, it's, if you can send across a positive message and you feel like you're making the tiniest bit of difference then it's all worthwhile. From a football perspective um, we just did a few little drills with them now and I think for me it's always about the base. I think what we tend to overlook and, and what the, the kids learning the game tend to overlook is the fact that they see their heroes on TV whether it's a South African hero, Tulani Latswayo, Subusiso Vilakazi or whether it's Lionel Messi or someone playing in Europe they tend to see the finished product. They always want to emulate them the skills that they have and, and the perfect kind of crosses that they put in or the perfect top corner shots they put in but what we've got to remember is that all that's from getting the basics right so it's imperative that at whatever level that you start the game that you get your basics 100% right and then try and progress you know so in essence don't run before you can walk I think the main thing is whatever opportunity comes your way just make sure that you grasp it with both hands and really you know make the utmost out of the opportunity that you've been given whether those opportunities come in abundance or whether there's one here and there whenever an opportunity arises make sure you make the most of it Defender Tulani Slatswayo says that as a player that came from the township, it makes him happy to see the children of Dipswood getting an opportunity like this. It just like means a lot, you know, because like I'm one of the guys who come from a, a guys in the township, you know, like I was, I didn't have that opportunity to play for a development team at a younger age, you know. I only joined Ice Cape Town at a later age, you know, and I used to play in kind of grassroots. I used to play like on the soil, you know, so it's, it's quite um, fortunate that these guys are getting this opportunity. The opportunity that we never received when I was starting to play soccer anymore. So I'm happy with the initiative that um, everyone is involved what they've done for, for this year. Obviously, like, there's a lot of hard work that you need to put in. It's not only on the field, but off the field also. Like, you need to take care of yourself, look what you eat, what kind of friends you chill with, you know, because the discipline comes a, lot, a long way. Because God gave you this talent and He wanted you to use it, you know, and it's up to you what you want in life or where do you want to see yourself in 10 years time, 10 years time from now, so it's a good thing. Yeah, for sure, you need to like, there's never a complete player, each and every time when
when you play a game, you will see something else that you need to improve on. You know, you see, you hear coaches that there's a lot of room of improvement. You know, that's why it's interesting. That's why it's number one sport now because it's you can't play football. You know, we might come here and play against a team here in this township, and then looking at the guys on the paper, you say, "No, previous base will win," and then all of a sudden they surprise us. So there's always a room for improvement. Obviously, like I said, you know, God gave us this talent. You know, they need to nurture it. They need to protect it. They need to stay disciplined. You know, and and, and listen to their parents. You know, listen to their coaches. You know, go to school because school is important for any soccer player. Because obviously, um, some of the things in school, they like in life, they won't teach you in school. But then, if you have wisdom, you have any uh, you have uh, skills and knowledge, then you can go far. The youth programs under 19 coach Samuel Ndambo says this day is a dream come true because they've been struggling to get soccer kits and sponsors for two years. This day to me it means a lot because um, first of all let me just start by thanking the sponsors. We've been struggling for a soccer kit and stuff for two years now. Yeah, been requesting the soccer kit, uh, asking for sponsors. So I want to first uh, to thank the sponsors, the people of Bitvest, Crossley. So to me this day it looks like it's a dream come true because uh, there's going to be no longer those tears and you know when you go and play some other teams they will be teasing you like uh, this is an amateur all those names uh, the advice that I get from the coach is uh, you must work hard you know for everything to be successful in life you need to work hard I want to say to my boys that they must go out here and just represent themselves feel free and express themselves this show was proudly brought to you by MTN Data Bundles MTN there's a data bundle for everyone. SAFM Sports Wrap. And that's it for another edition of SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Don't forget you can be in touch. Pop us a tweet or head on to Facebook. Just search for SAFM Sports Wrap for myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Terry. Have yourself a great evening. I'll be back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. You can catch more sporting action tomorrow morning with Janet Whitton on AM Live. Until then, cheers.